Hello and welcome to Ribbon and Cut. Yes, it is I, Content Advisory Man, here to warn you before entering into this particular story. Why? Because today's episode of Ruben Uncut focuses on one of the slimiest, most disgusting individuals he has ever talked about. And he's talked about some pretty slimy, disgusting individuals. Nope. But today he is talking about the one, the only, the disgusting, the hideous, the monstrositous. Is that a word? I don't care. <clears throat> Matt Walsh. And the reason I'm here is to warn you before watching, the, before listening, I'm sorry, there's no visualization. Before listening to this episode, it's very important that you understand a couple things. First of all, Matt Walsh is gross. Like, absolutely disgusting. The things that you... Ruben's going to play a number of clips throughout the episode of Matt Walsh. And he is going to say and do some horrifically gross, disgusting shit. Like, he's going to say some offensive garbage. Why? Because Matt Walsh is bad. Matt Walsh is going to threaten violence and encourage violence. What Matt Walsh will say here is wrong. Matt Walsh's attitudes are, frankly, un-American and bad. He is going to say things about the age of consent. He is going to say things about how it's cool for teenagers to get pregnant. He's going to say things about... He's going to say terrible things about drag performers that are not true. He's going to imply horrific things about the LGBTQ community in general. Everything Matt, Matt Walsh will also be racist, will be abusive, will be a bad person. And Ruben is going to have to talk about these things that make Matt Walsh a bad person. The other disclaimer I would say here is that this is only honestly touching the scratching the surface of the iceberg that is how fucking gross Matt Walsh is. Ruben could have made this episode hours upon hours long of just tons of gross, hideous, homophobic commentary from Matt Walsh. The clips go on and on and on. So, before going into this episode, be aware that you will hear Matt Walsh say some offensive shit. And if you're not offended by the things that Matt Walsh says in this episode, well, then you're dead inside. You are a dead inside person. And you should feel bad for not being offended by Matt Walsh. Because Matt Walsh is offensive. Matt Walsh is a stochastic terrorist. I hold hold on. I'm I feel like I'm giving away the whole episode here. Should I just just stop? Do you think I've told them enough about what a gross piece of shit Matt Walsh is? The, the point is, is is before you go into this episode, be aware that the discussion that is going on is not for the faint of heart. It's quite upsetting. And there's one part where Matt Walsh is going to say some truly, and I mean truly un-Americanly horrific shit. 
So if you're listening to this, just brace yourself because this, this is not going to be for everyone. There are going to be some people who all they need to know is that Matt Walsh is a flaming asshole and that they are better off not exposing themselves to the toxicity of this episode because Matt Walsh is a toxic trash fire human being. Do I, do I, did I cover it? So yes, trigger warning for things like abuse, homophobia, transphobia, outright and outright stochastic terrorism from Matt Walsh. Prepare yourself for Ruben Uncut. This episode is a lot. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. Welcome back to Ruben Uncut. Today's topic, Matt Walsh may be the one of the worst people in the world. The world might be a bit of a stretch, but he's definitely one of the worst people in the... I think he might be one of the worst people in the alt-right uh, space. I think he may be. Now, for those not familiar with Matt Walsh, let's do, let's do a quick... do a quick check of his Wikipedia and get the basic details down just enough so you can understand him matt walsh born june 18th 1986 oh fuck he is one year younger than me is an american right-wing political commentator and author walsh hosts the matt walsh show <laughs> how creative matt show podcast and is a columnist for the daily wire boo boo he has authored four books and starred in the Daily Wire online documentary <laughs> Propaganda. What is a woman? Walsh is a former talk radio host for stations in Delaware and Kentucky. Oh boy. He is outspoken against the LGBTQ movement, especially the transgender community and has campaigned against hospitals providing gender-affirming care for transgender youth. Now, what it does, it, now, and that was pretty bad, but that is honestly just scratching the surface of what a fucked up, shitty person he is. What do I mean? Well, let's check, let's go, tell you what, let's go to Matt Walsh's Twitter real quick here. Because there's an important detail about Matt Walsh's Twitter. Let's see here. Unless he changed it. Is he Matt Walsh blog? Yes, he is. Okay. The important thing is, and I wanted to make sure I was quoting this correctly. Matt Walsh describes himself as, and I am not, this is on his fucking Twitter. I'm not making this up. Maybe he thinks he's funny. He describes himself as a theocratic fascist best-selling children's author and transphobe of the year Whew. well i mean 
I'm sure two out of three of those things are true. First of all, he's exceptionally transphobic, like transphobic to the point where it like he goes a little bit farther than even. He may be the most forwardly transphobic person I've heard talk who is a transphobe. And transphobes are not known for subtlety. But Matt Walsh is many other things as well. Let's see if we can cover these all. And then I can try and wrap it up for you so I can go over what the only logical worldview that Matt Walsh probably has. So first of all, two important things. There are two answers to the question, what is Matt Walsh? Oh, that's what I should make the title of the episode. I was going to make it Matt Walsh. I was going to make something like, oh, no, but if I do that, I'll make it sound like I'm focusing on his documentary. And I don't want to just focus on his documentary. You know what? We're going to talk about his documentary right here to get it out of the way. Because it's important to you know this. And Wikipedia already gave you the spoilers edition. He's a huge transphobe. So he got out there and he made a air quotes documentary about what is a woman. Now, let me be clear, though. I don't think of this movie as a documentary. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've only seen clips and bits and pieces of it because I'm not paying money to see it. Fuck you, Daily Wire. Wait, is there a... No, I'm not, I'm not going to live react to this fucking abomination. Does he have the whole movie on his website or is it just the trailer? I bet he's going to... Yep, yep, you got to pay. You got to pay. Nope, not doing it. I've seen enough of it to know it's not worth my money. I mean, I mean, technically, like the synopsis is enough to know that I think he's full of shit. But here's the things. Here's some things you need to know about. I have seen parts of the movie. So Matt Walsh made this air quotes documentary, and the reason I co- you use air quotes here is that that doesn't really describe what he did see matt walsh's approach was much closer wasn't really a that much of like a documentary matt walsh's approach is what i would refer to as agitprop it was agitpropaganda and I would compare what he was doing as being closer to something like Michael Moore, which is actually closer to the documentary side of things, but honestly, still agitprop. And at the other end of the agitprop, you know, like Borat. Because that's that's really what that movie is. Matt Walsh attempts to go over, go around and talk to supposed experts about what is a woman. Now, of course, by experts, I mean he goes and he talks to professors and different people in the trans or gender studies communities and asks them what a woman is. And now the thing is, it's been confirmed that he had to lie to these people to get them into the room with him. Some of them didn't know they were meeting with him. And in the movie... Some of them even walk out on him. Now, he shows us this footage to make the people he's questioning seem unreasonable. And not like, you know, he's ambushing them with obvious bad intentions, which he was. Because as shown through one part of the movie, 
when he asks one of the gender studies uh, people, I won't imply any of their genders because honestly, I'm, I'm not sure how any of them identified. I've only seen the clips. <laughs> but one of the experts he talks to, he asks, what is a woman? And they respond, I go, oh, I've, I could, that could, that, that, that would be, that, to answer that question, truly, I would need like a whole semester. And so Matt Walsh essentially asks him to explain it. And then when the person begins to explain it, it cuts to Matt Walsh's face as the sound of this guy slowly talking drowns out so that we can hear a monologue of Matt Walsh essentially painting a picture of this person being too confusing for him to follow. Why? Because the point is to make these experts and academics seem out of touch with reality. He then flies to Africa to speak to an African tribe about what is a woman. Now, this is an African tribe. Now, it has to be noted, he went specifically to a heavily patriarchal African tribe, a African tribe that uh, some judgment practices uh, female circumcision. Or they, you know, if you don't know what that is, imagine it. It's not, not pretty. So he goes to them and he asks them. And of course, they ask, like, it's a silly question. However, the problem with this is that this, it literally means nothing. Like in terms of forming an argument. Like his argument is, oh, this, this, is, a, this is a lost truth that's been hidden from us because of academics. However, the reality is this. Uh, he went to a heavily patriarchal male-controlled tribe. There are matriarchal tribes in Africa. He didn't see what any of them had to say. He went, not only that, but he was going to a tribe outside of essentially our society so that he could ask them a question that is phrased, that is conceptually from a different language. There is no way to tell if, our, defin our definition of man and woman are not going to necessarily directly translate into theirs. This is not a form of honest communication on Matt Walsh's side. He is deliberately trying to paint a narrative using something that isn't really evidence. And how does he conclude his movie? This I have seen also. Uh, by opening a pickle jar for his wife. Because apparently, according to this movie, a woman is someone you need to open pickle jars for. Genius, Matt Walsh. Genius. Well, sarcasm, by the way, Matt Walsh, in case you didn't catch it. Oh, my goodness. And where should I... The question almost becomes where to go next in my pursuit of what the fuck is wrong with Matt Walsh? Because there is a lot wrong with Matt Walsh. I'm sorry, I never finished telling you what the two options are. Matt Walsh, Matt Walsh is either a grossly irresponsible shock jock whose entire plan is to essentially harass the public into getting him attention or 
Matt Walsh is exactly what he says he is, whether he meant it ironically or not, a theocratic white supremacist fascist. I know what you're going to say. Whoa, Ruben, we just started with the transphobia thing. What do you mean, white supremacist? Let's go there next, shall we? Let's go there. Um, according to a, a demographer, he's a guy that looks at demographics, yeah. in case anyone wasn't aware. Steve Murdoch is his name. Um, it it's kind of ties into something we were talking about last week, but uh, he says it's basically over for the... I'm sorry, this is, audio this is audio from his radio show? The quality is trash. Anglo-Saxon race. We're, our, our time is pretty much... Wait, no, that's important. You need to hear that. And stuff like that. Uh, the prank call we just played. Um, according to a, a demographer, he's a guy that looks at demographics, yeah. in case anyone wasn't aware. Steve Murdoch is his name. Um, it it's kind of ties into something we were talking about last week, but uh, he says it's basically over for the Anglo-Saxon race. We're, our, our time is pretty much, we're finished. Um, our, our days are numbered. Now, he's talking specifically about Texas, but this, this uh, is also symptomatic of the entire country. And he, he's, he's looking at information in Texas and extrapolating what will happen in the entirety of the United States. Just two out of every three Texas children are now Anglo, um, and the trend line will become even more pronounced in the, uh, let's say, two of every three Texas children okay, uh, will become even more pronounced in the future. Blah, blah, blah. Today's Texas population can be divided into two groups. One is an old and aging Anglo, and the other is young and minority. Between uh, 2000 and 2040, the state's public school enrollment will see a 15% decline in Anglo children, while Hispanic children will make up a 213% increase. This is Texas, mind you, but they, they don't exist in a vacuum down there. They're just the, if there's a, if there's kind of like a portal to, from another universe or something that is letting people through, they're, they're right at ground zero of the portal. So they're gonna get everything first, but then we're gonna get the, we're, we're gonna eventually get it too. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, giving us uh, some portal nonsense. Ugh. 15% increase in Hispanic children in the next 40 years. That's insanity. That's actually the next 30 years. Um, the well, that's, that's and that's at the current rate, right? Like, you know, if they if they do, you know, magically put up a wall or something of that nature, that that would that number would probably come down a little bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, at the current rate, that's that's what they're looking at. The state's largest county, Harris County, will shed Anglo's throughout the coming decades. Shedding Anglo's. There's a yeah. Something band name. By 2040, Harris County will have about 516,000 fewer Anglos than live in the human. Literally makes a throwaway joke, and he's so bad at it that, like, he literally throws the joke away. <laughs> like, he doesn't, he doesn't even wait to see if anyone will react in the room with him. Houston area in 2000. Blah, 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 okay, the, the, the specifics of the Texas demographic. That's not really important. I just. He's just bad at comedy. Not really important. But the point is, you see how, um, and, and we've heard this before, maybe this is more dramatic than what we've heard in the before, and when no one's actually said, it's over for us, we're done, 
our uh, our race of people uh, we're, we're we're singing our swan song right now we're the last of the mohicans the last of the anglos he's the first person to jump to that conclusion but all the studies we've seen and just when you look around yourself that's what you see now there might be some people that say well okay so what um, big deal. It's not, you know, still people living here. To, so, so maybe the yeah. maybe the races mix a little bit, and it's no big deal. We all we all move on. I mean, I'm kind I'm kind of in that boat. I, it, it is no big deal. It is no big deal. It is no big deal. It, it your genetics will still continue, even if your future for even if your future descendants are browner than you were. Absolutely stupid concept. It, the, I guess the problem with this story is that it, it's it's obvious that there's an immigration problem that we're all aware of. It's just nobody knew exactly how staggering the problem is until you realize which direction the overall culture is going to go. If there's a mass influx of another culture, that means that, that, that the problem, that the faucet isn't just leaking, it's just gushing. As far as an immigration problem is concerned, I don't have a problem with the whole race thing. I mean, we're all pretty much mutts in our own way we've all been integrated in some point at some point in our history yeah but it's never that's an interesting point that his co that his co-host here makes it's a very interesting point because it is in fact true in fact you know we'll get to that in a minute let's see how matt walsh responds i haven't heard this whole clip for a good thing when a type of being uh, becomes extinct it's no different than when a type of bird you think of uh, human beings like like we're all we're all we're all we're all one species. Pretend we're all birds, and each race is a different kind of bird. You have eagles and sparrows, and I hope. No, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Just no. This comparison is horseshit. I don't. I'm not even gonna look. You wouldn't. We wouldn't all be just different types of birds. We could potentially be different subtypes of the same bird, but the idea that we are like sparrows and eagles, not related. Uh, necessarily i'm not a bird expert i don't know exactly how far distantly related other birds are from each other but my point is is that like no no you parrots aren't gonna go out can't have children with a condor i'm pretty pretty positive pretty positive that's not a thing the chicken is very dis very different than than the albatross i don't the can penguins and chickens have kids together? I have we tried? Oh my god, have we tried that? That'd be fucked up. The, my point is, is that this analogy is not. This is a racist, stupid analogy, and also he doesn't understand how. He actually doesn't understand how animal extinctions occur either. Like, like. It, 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 if if black people and white people and Mexican people and Asian people all got together and had a giant fuck fest where they intermingled all their DNA, those DNA characteristics would still be preserved. They would still move forward. And any genetic and, and the majority of genetic traits that didn't wouldn't be ones that we probably wanted anyways. Also, if you know anyone who's gotten a 23andMe done, then you know that, like, people are a lot more genetically diverse than we anticipated. 
helper eagles because they're just cool as sparrows, but and sparrows have to be the French eagles and sparrows and vultures. Okay, just just to point this out, he 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 just separated the French from other white people. I think, of the, I think of the French is more like mockingbirds. Mockingbirds, they'll, sparrows, they'll just kind of... attack out of nowhere, then they'll just run and hide for a few minutes. Or I can see them maybe as just cranes, just kind of stuck up, just sitting. They can't really do anything. They just kind of hang out there. Flamingos, like, yeah, maybe. There you go, flamingo. Um, so we're all different kind of birds. Now, when we hear about how a type of bird is going to be extinct, it's this big tragedy. And everyone says, oh, no, we're going to lose the, the Guatemalan whooping bird. is going to be extinct by the year 2030 if we don't stop deforestation. And we all say it's not a good thing that we're going to lose this type of bird. Well, if I agree with you that it's not cool to lose a type of bird, then it, it's also not cool to lose a type of person. Okay, then, yeah, it's not because we're all. No, those aren't. Those are. Those aren't comparable. Those aren't comparable. A bird losing its habitat. The difference between humans and other animals is that other animals need specific habitats to survive. Human beings do technically need a specific habitat to survive. They need a planet like Earth. But the truth of the matter is that the human beings are so adaptable, we have found ways to live in every corner of this planet. The, this, the, this comparison you're making, Matt, is horseshit. It's not like someone's... It's, it's, it's not like chickens are going to have sex with condors, and then one day you're going to wake up and chickens will be giant birds that can fly. Like, even if that happened, we wouldn't... So here's a fun, weird fact. A, a lot of farm animals actually go extinct all the time. Like, we lose a, a version of chicken or cow or pig. Like, I think it's like one every two weeks or two every, one, every week or something. And you you don't you don't but the reason that happens is because we we use eugenics on animals and we control for different animal types genetically so that we can have specific meats that taste specific ways and eggs that are a certain size and shape and color so we can make them uniform and this results in a lot of loss of biodiversity among animals and then slowly we homogenize those animals because it's better for mass distribution. That's actually how you kill off a species, is you stop making them produce. Not you make them produce with other pe other other ants, not make them produce with other chickens to make new chickens. You stop that too. Eugenics stops that too, because you don't want new chickens. The, the loss of diversity in animals so that we can have uniform tastes and eggs and everything is is what is these are homogenizing arguments. The, these, this type of homogeneity is what kills off um, our farm animal. Matt Walsh does understand how extinctions work. The majority animals from the wild go extinct as we destroy their environments, which they, are, which they require to survive. Farm animals also go extinct all the time because, you know, eugenics. Eugenics and industrialized farming. But... That's besides the point, because I want to talk about the fact that Matt Walsh is actually a super racist. And you can tell he's a super racist because he's obsessed with Anglo-Saxon, with the Anglo-Saxon race. And why is that a big deal? Well, just so you know, 
Anglo-Saxon, Anglo-Saxon, it's funny that he, did you notice he separated French people as a group? Now you might be thinking, well, maybe he just did that to avoid getting kicked off the air for his obvious racism. I mean, to which I would respond, he was already being pretty racist, man. But you see, Anglo-Saxons are a specific, specific ethnicity of white people. In fact, if you were to look at white people in positions of power throughout time, you may know, you may stop and go, hey, wait a minute. These Anglo-Saxon motherfuckers really fuck shit up wherever they go. And they do. Now you might say, Ruben, you sound like you got a chip on your shoulder against Anglo-Saxons. And my answer to you is, yes, I do. And if you listen to my show, you know why. The reason is this. I'm fucking Celtic. Or at least based on the limited genealogy I can get done without, you know, fucking going, uh, without getting the 23 and me or whatever. I'm thinking about doing that. I kind of don't trust the companies, but, you know, I'll look into it, see if there's a safer company. But the point is, I am a Celt. As far as me and my family are aware, we are Scotch and we are Irish and there's some Welsh in there. Probably some British. Anglo-Saxons, however, and it's this is the actually the intense irony is... So here's a brief, here's a brief uh, history, just summarize. Once upon a time, there were the British Isles, and they were inhabited by a bunch of beautiful pagan people with freckles called the Scots, called the Irish and the Scottish. And then there were also the Britannies and, and also the Welsh. And then one day, a bunch of people called the Romans came by, and they were like, hello, you're part of the Roman Empire now. And they were like, I don't think so. And then the Romans were like, no, you are. And they took over uh, and they took over Britain and subjugated the pe- and subjugated uh, the Brit, the Britons and the Welsh. And also, you know, Scottish and Irish people, but the Scottish and Irish people were a little bit wilder, a little bit crazier than the, uh, the Britons and the Welsh. So they managed to actually, uh, you know, fight off the Romans a little bit more. But basically, the Romans kept pushing civilization out, and that pushed out the Irish and the Scots to their own islands. Then one day, the Roman Empire collapsed, and the Romans were like, well, see you guys. And the Britannies and the Britannies and the Welsh who were left behind were like, oh, shit. Civilization just left. And at this point, the Britannies and the Welsh had all been they were accustomed to the ways of the Romans. They, they didn't want to go back to the pagan ways. But here were the Irish and the Brit, the Irish and the Scottish, however, were off in the wings going, the Romans are fucking gone. Hell yeah. So the Britannies and the Welsh were like, oh God, oh God, the barbarians are going to come and kill us. So they reached out to a Germanic tribe called the Anglos. And the Germanic tribe of the Anglos came to Britain and and agreed to essentially fight off the Irish and the Scottish to maintain what was left of the civilization the Romans abandoned. And over the course of time, the Anglos and then eventually the Saxons 
and then via the combination, the genetic combination of Anglo-Saxons became, this is very abridged, by the way, I am not a history person. There are better people to explain this to you. If you research it. The Anglo-Saxons, then these strange immigrants of Germanic, I believe the Saxons were from the French area? No, they weren't the Gauls. Uh, I'm not a history person. I just know this. I just know tiny abridged stories, okay? But anyways, the Anglo-Saxons then proceeded to become the dominant, the dominant group in Britain. And they formed the United Kingdoms. And then they uh, eventually subjugated the Irish and the Scottish. They got all the Scots and they subjugated all the Scots and a chunk of the Irish, you know, the northern part. I think that, unless I'm getting that backwards and I'm an idiot, I'm pretty sure it's the northern part. All right. <clears throat> I would rather admit uncertainty than be confident and wrong. It's way more embarrassing. So then... The Anglo-Saxons became the predominant white group, intermingled with the Welsh and the Britannies, and then, you know, probably raped a bunch of Irish and Scottish people, and uh, became, you know, the dominant empire that, that basically uh, went, took over everywhere that they could before everyone decided that wasn't cool. Side note, did you ever realize we didn't decide that was uncool until developed countries tried to do it to each other? Did you ever notice that? That back in the day, you could basically do a World War, a World War II to any country you wanted, and it wouldn't matter because they didn't have guns and bombs and airplanes to fend you off. We only decided that, oh, man, this imperialism and colonialism is really bad after Germany tried to do it to, you know, the quote-unquote other imperialists. We didn't decide it was bad until then. Just fun facts. I, I mean, I'm sure there were anti-colonialists throughout colonialism. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, as a whole. Where was I? <clears throat> All right, Matt Walsh. So Matt Walsh uses the term Anglo-Saxon. He uses it ironically to claim some type of motherland, which is weird because the Anglos and the Saxons <coughs> were immigrants who took over a native population and replaced their culture. So deeply ironic uh, for your whole comparison there, Matt Walsh. But also typically Anglo-Saxons, or as we Irish like to call them, wasps, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, <coughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm being, when I spit, I'm being vaguely facetious. You should not take that as an actual, like, I hate Anglo-Saxons. I, <laughs> I'm just being honest about history and they suck like that. But the fact of the matter is the people who specifically specify Anglo-Saxon genetic genetics and culture are the same type of people who didn't think that the Irish, Germans, Russians, Czechs, or Italians were white. When a person says, oh, I'm, an, I'm into Anglo-Saxon Anglo culture, what they mean, what they mean is that they have a hierarchy of whiteness. They don't just believe that white people are better than 
they believe that Anglo-Saxons are better than other white people. It's a conformity standard. If someone says this to you, like it's like you gotta wonder, like if Matt Walsh is such a big Anglo-Saxonophile, how can he work with Michael Knowles? It, like, is it like does it hurt Michael? Like, does Michael Knowles realize that as an Italian man, he's working with an Anglo-Saxon, someone who thinks that he is an Italian man is basically not white? Does Anglo? Does Michael Knowles even know that's happening? Who knows? He also works for, technically, he also works for Ben Shapiro, who I I feel bad for Ben Shapiro because I just, if he, if, if Ben Shapiro ever becomes self-aware, he will one day wake up and go, oh my God, oh my God. I've completely, I'm a Jewish man who's completely surrounding himself with Nazis. How did this happen? What, what did I do? Oh my God. Oh yeah, no. Like, cause that's kind of what Ben, that's kind of what Ben Shapiro is doing. Uh, so yeah. <sighs> but Matt Walsh. So like, that's a thing you need to understand about Matt Walsh. He's a racist. He is specifically an Anglo-Saxonophile. And because of that, we now know that Matt Walsh values are about the propagation of the white race. That's his goal. Let's talk some more about some of his other incredibly controversial takes. Let's hear what he has to say about having sex with minors. Always a fun topic. At Fraser High School in Memphis, 90 girls are pregnant or have a baby this school year. Nearly 20% of the school's female population pregnant. And that's the most recent story. Reporters are scrambling to blame the MTV show Teen Mom, where they have, you know, pregnant teens. I never watched the damn show, but I, I have seen the show. Maria watches it. Now, if you're a conservative person, you might assume that his take here is going to be about how the culture is making our teens horny and it's bad. And if that's, uh, if that's where you thought this might be going, prepare to get yourself Shyamalan'd. I don't know how in God's name that that, unless they just want to be on the show and they're just trying to audition for it, because every time they show the teen, it's, it's the, it's the uh, teenage boyfriend and he just sits around playing Grand Theft Auto on a <laughs> big screen TV. Like, I don't know why Davey won't help clean anything or take yeah. the diapers or get a job. But it's hard. You ever yeah. seen those girls? Ugh. Lots of lots of people are blaming those types of shows for this. Um, and you see these stories every every once in a while about some high school where, where you know ninety five percent of the school is pregnant or whatever. Even the, even the guys, <laughs> even the it's the getting guys really weird. Uh, so this is this is what I want to, and I, I'll try to. Uh, well, not tread lightly. I don't really. I'm not very good at treading lightly on things. But teen pregnancy is a new problem. <laughs> yes. In the sense that. It's only recently that we decided that it is a problem, okay? But it is not a new problem in the sense that it's a new phenomenon. It is not. In fact, ever since the beginning of time, teenage girls have been getting pregnant. It, it used to be more common. The, the peak, ever since they started keeping records of these things, which they only started doing recently, like in the 20th century, uh, but ever since they started keeping records, in 1957 was the peak for teenage pregnancy, 1957. 
not 2009, well, back not then, today. All of them were supposed to have kids. Like, that's well, when you on. had kids. That's my point, okay? Um, so to all of a sudden act like this phenomenon of girls getting pregnant at, that, at, a, at a young age that we consider young, 16 or 17, to act, to act like it's a new thing is ridiculous. It's yeah. always been that way. Uh, even biologically, and, and this is me just stating, I'm, I'm just, right now I'm going to start by just stating facts. So fact number one, it's not a new phenomenon. Fact number two, in fact, it's a phenomenon that was more common earlier in history and for, you know, the first six to 10,000 years of human existence, it was a normal thing. Uh, fact three, girls between the ages of like 17 and 24 is when they're technically most fertile. Yeah. Okay? That's biological. That's a fact. All right? I'm just stating facts. That's all I'm doing. But what happened recently, and this is the, the fourth fact, recently in the last 30 years or so, we decided that that's way too young to start a family. Why? And uh, because now the we... Divorce rates would probably go up, and once you're that young, you can't really make sure that well, you know... Well, no, girls are getting... No, 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 no. Girls were getting married early, and marriages were lasting longer. You very rarely hear about like these these relationships that go to their uh, what is it your diamond anniversary your fiftieth anniversary and all this I, it, it's that's a dying breed of people out yeah, there yeah and those all were all people that got married very young that's why that's why they're that's, still alive yeah that's why you can have someone in their seventies who's celebrating their you know fifty uh, fifth wedding anniversary because they got married when they were teenagers so what I'm saying is that the problem is not per se teenage pregnancy it's unwed pregnancy that's the problem in society. It's only problematic when, when, when you are not married and you don't have the man there to help you take care of the kids because he's a coward. And the reason why we have that now are for two reasons. Because we have, we have in, in current society, we, have ex, we live in the age of extended adolescence where people live at home until they're 26. You know. Fun fact, before we invented the nuclear family, everyone stayed at home until they were married. Didn't matter what the age was. We only got the idea of people moving out before they're married in our society uh, somewhat recently. But the point is, you heard it here, Matt Walsh is making an argument for teenagers having sex at a younger age and getting pregnant at a younger age. Now, the thing about this is, is that there are many reasons why we don't think that's good anymore. Uh, one of them is, is that the average teenager can't really compete. It's very difficult for the average teenager to compete in the jobs market without a, any type of degree, regardless of whether they, the husband, is, well, not the father of the child, is in the picture or not. A six to, if, you, if you're 16, you get your girlfriend pregnant, and then you have to go get a job. It's not going to be a good one. You're economically going to be starting much further back than someone who got a career before they knocked up their girlfriend. Marriages are shown to be more structurally sound if you have, if you have your child in the fifth year of your marriage or later, because children tend to make it harder on a on a, harder on a marriage in the first five years. I don't understand it. These are just statistics. They're also old statistics. I need to get new statistics. But the point is, there are a lot of reasons why it is not beneficial in, a moder in our contemporary society for teenagers to just get pregnant all the time, okay? For one thing, so a major reason to wait to get married, first, the major reason to wait till you're, until you are in your, say, 
out of high school years is because you would be out of high school. You can't supporting yourself going to high school and having a baby all at the same time is an inordinate amount for the average well put together person, let alone, let alone a teenager having to do every adult thing in their life for the first time ever. Now, Matt Walsh and his crew are not wrong in the fact that people age, is that, pe that people are growing up slower now. That's really more just an invention of our new society and how our society works. However, the reality of the matter is that very few teenagers should be having kids right now. I mean, that's, sorry, that came out wrong. No teenagers should be having kids right now. The number of teenagers who are mentally strong enough for that right now, for this period of their life, is, pro is an outlier number. It's not going to be the high end of that spectrum. But the important thing here is to remember that this is key. Matt Walsh is defending the concept of a person having a baby and a marriage at age 16. That's a thing he's espousing right now. He's defending that concept of a teenager making those types of unalterable life decisions at 16. However, however, when he makes his transphobic movie, he is advocating the complete opposite, which is that he doesn't believe he'll make first, he'll make the argument that teenagers and children don't have the capacity to make these types of decisions, such as a transition. Now, to be fair, he's also exaggerating transition. Typically, surgical transitioning only happens to adults. And most children are only socially transitioning, something that is, you know, 100% reversible. But the point is, is that Matt Walsh simultaneously believes that a, that a, that a woman, a girl, can make the choice to be married and pregnant at 16. But he is also saying that that same, that same girl, if they discovered that they were in fact a trans, and they wanted to have gender-affirming surgery to become truer to their own identity. Matt Walsh would say that they are too young to make that decision. Seems like kind of a logical inconsistency, doesn't it? Life, you're, you're old enough for some life-altering choices. He simultaneously believes that society has extended our childhood. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, Matt. Interesting. To make it clear, though, you can't consider Matt Walsh an expert. You can't. After all, Matt Walsh went on the Joe Rogan podcast, and Matt Walsh cited the number of child trans surgeries there had been to Joe Rogan. And while they were talking, Joe Rogan's sidekick, Jamie, 
fact-checked Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh had claimed that there had been millions, that there were millions every year being transitioned. But those were not the numbers that Jamie came back with. Jamie came back with a number that was 4,000, and it was for a ridiculous period of... It was for a stretch of time that was close to a decade, to which Joe Rogan commented on the fact that apparently those numbers were wrong. And Matt Walsh uh, shrugged and said, well, you know, I, I don't have all the numbers. And Joe Rogan either possibly ribbingly or maybe giving the saying the quiet part out loud hard to say commented that a million sounded better because of course a million would sound better to matt walsh's argument but of course if matt walsh truly made a real documentary if it was a real documentary then it would have involved him doing a little thing Everyone on the internet calls research. And if you had trusted him to know what he was talking about and actually do tap dance, tap, tap, tap dance research, then he should know those fucking numbers. But no, you see, that's the thing. He is not a journalist. He is an agitprop comedian with no real sense of humor he is a troll and yet he and yet i very much believe he means everything he says obviously uh sexual abuse has been in the news quite a bit recently with all the things going on in hollywood and, and other industries and then the catholic church and now there is uh you know it seems like every other week there's another story this time it's it's asia argento the italian model um an actress who was one of the original Me Too crusaders and who now stands accused of sexual assault herself after it was revealed that she had sex with a 17-year-old guy. Um, California is one of the very few places in North America where the age of consent is 18. Um, almost everywhere it's 17 or 16. And this happened in California, so it, it it's a crime. Now, and she should face the legal penalties because a crime is a crime. Now, let me tell you my concern. This is my concern, and I've talked about this before, but I, I want to go back to it because I think it's such an important concept. If you have not seen this video before, I should probably point out to you that Matt Walsh is recording it with a lapel mic in his car on the side of the road for some reason. Uh, he is wearing a very ugly um, unironed shirt I'm not saying people have to iron their shirts. I don't own an iron, but uh, it doesn't look clean. And, uh, you know, he's got that scruffy, well, he always has the scruffy beard. And he's wearing sunglasses instead of his regular glasses. And uh, it, it's, 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 it's an issue that I, I just, I, I think we need to work out. This is what I'm worried about. I'm worried that we have turned sexual assault into such a wide broad category that it's losing its meaning. And in the process, actual cases of rape and assault are trivialized, deprived of significance, because the word is used so often and, and, and often to describe things that really don't qualify. Um, I Matt Walsh is, of course, going to appeal to you with a type of distortion of logic. 
he's going to take everything that's inside a Venn diagram and then act like the Venn diagram doesn't exist, that it is just one circle. I'm very concerned about this because, because of what it does to the, to the victims of sexual assault and how it interferes with our ability to dialogue about these issues and, uh, and also the general confusion that it causes. So I, I think... No one's confused, Matt. Just you. You're the one who's confused. Or are you more likely hmm, trying to make trying to make suggestible people confused? It's a problem. When we talk about the sexual assault problem, <coughs> there are, it, it seems like there are many different types of situations that get kind of lumped into it. It's one of the reasons why I don't like the, you know, me too. Once you start putting a slogan, once, once you take an issue, a really, a really serious uh, issue like sexual assault, and you put a slogan on top of it, me too, that's the slogan. Well, then it just... It is now hypocrisy if Matt Walsh ever uses a hashtag. Take note of that. Just, it simplifies things way too much. Because now you've got, you've got this, this slogan, this, um, this, uh, you know, category, and then all these different kinds of things end up getting thrown into it, and they don't all belong there. They don't all belong with each other, right? Um, and it, it seems like in each industry where this has, where this has been an epidemic, and it's been in the news, what you find really, although they all get lumped into the same category, if it, 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 if we do have to put them in categories, it seems like there are broadly speaking, really two different categories. So in Hollywood, there are the stories of women being forcibly raped um, or threatened or threatened if they don't go along with some something. Uh, and, and, and there are the kind of stories you hear about Kevin Spacey, right, where he's going around groping and fondling people against their will. He's forcing himself on 14-year-old kids and so forth. You have situations like with Larry Nassar, where he uh, molested hundreds of kids under the guise of performing medical procedures and that kind of thing. And then obviously you have the Catholic church and the terrible stories of children being raped by priests. And all of these stories are provided they're true, of course. They're he's gotta throw that in there. He's gotta throw that in there. Why, why? Because he's, he's gotta make you question whether you should trust people's accounts still. Like, he's got to acknowledge that it happens, because otherwise he'd get called disingenuous. But at the same time, he also needs to throw in just a tiny bit of doubt. It's like some salt. That, that, that chef with the seasoning meme thing. There are clear-cut cases of rape and abuse. Nobody disputes that. Okay, that's rape. Because it'd be hard to dispute. Abuse, assault. And um, the, in, in all of those situations, if there was any justice in America... Everybody involved, if they're found guilty, they'd all be going to prison forever, uh, even though that has, has not, that, that has only happened very rarely, you know, in these situations. But then... So he's, he's laid out a clear type of... The st almost the stereotypical image of rape. He's laid that out as his argument here first. Bam. This is the, this is the, this is the section of rapes that are obvious that everyone knows what's wrong with them. Oh, they're children. Oh, they're tiny children. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's a, it's aggressive. It's a violent imagery. 
So that's category one that he's set up. That is a real category, by the way, though. If I was making, if we were making a Venn diagram of this topic, I mean, to be fair, that would actually probably be a few different circles because he mentioned actually, he actually oversimplified it into different, there were also different types of sexual assaults within what he was describing. But no, he did go to jail, so it is illegal. All right, I forgot. <laughs> Damn. And they do this for the sake of movie roles and so on. And for more you know, power and clout in the industry. And then years later, after- Yes, that's the quid pro quo. He gives you something you need in the industry, you touch his dick. That's how it works, Matt. Doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it that they consented. Getting what they want out of it, they claim- It's called coercion and it's extortion. That's called- Ah, mm. oh, he's using very, he's being very libertarian brained here. And that they were being assaulted the entire time. And in the Catholic Church, you have um, you have some cases where, uh, like cases involving Cardinal McCarrick. You hear about Cardinal McCarrick and, and the controversy surrounding him. Now there are accusations that he molested children, so you know that's in that category. But then, but then a lot of the accusations you hear about McCarrick and, and also with other, you know, some of these other things as well. These are, in some cases, he's having sex with seminarians. These are grown men who he allegedly lured into bed and then had sex with. But as a grown man, if you let another man lure you into bed and then you willingly, with no resistance, engage in sex acts with him, does that belong in the same category as the 12-year-old kids who are raped by men twice their size? So the answer to that question is technically no. Those are technically different forms of sexual assault. However, however, uh, I'm pretty sure the laws view them differently too. So the argument he's making here is fictitious. There are separate punishments for pedophilia as opposed to quid pro quo and a lot of the people who got me tooed didn't go to jail. A lot of them didn't. Not all of them were me tooed for the same shit. He's creating a Venn diagram. See, I've got a Venn diagram here, and like the bubbles intersect with each other, and there's multiple bubbles. And the bubbles overlap at various points because that's what a Venn diagram looks like. But Matt Walsh wants you to believe that both the bubbles have been squished into the same bubble on the Venn diagram. If you don't know what a Venn diagram is, I'm sorry. I'm not slowing down that much. Please, please Google it. I think clearly it doesn't. Um, and then you also have the accusations against Asia Argento where a guy at 17, legal age, Almost every, in, in almost every state in the union, um, willingly has sex with this you know 100 pound Italian model, making no effort to leave the room or leave the situation. Then he comes back, blackmails her, demands money for it, and gets paid. And now he says he was traumatized by his willing participation in sex acts with a woman. Oh, here's where we're getting to the meat. What's going on? So. State of California, age of consent is 18. Age model has sex, 16-year-old kid. 
I'm sorry, 17 year old kid. Hypothetically, Matt Walsh wants to posit to you if they had been in a different state, like say Ohio or Pennsylvania or uh, various Southern states, that this kid wouldn't have been a criminal because the age of consent in some of those states is 16. Now, to be fair, in those same states, however, his argument is also a little bit wonky because in those same states, can uh, you can still get busted for corruption of a minor, which is also a crime. So it's... He's making a very libertarian-minded argument about uh, age of consent here. And also the fact that he black, look, if you, if you catch someone doing a crime, I'm not saying blackmail is okay or the right thing to do, but just because, but like, like if you catch someone doing a crime, the two options that are going to happen is you're going to tell the police or you're going to blackmail them or, you know, they're going to kill you. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a, there was a third option, but it, it doesn't relate to the actual thing that's happening in the, in what we're talking about. Um, can be traumatized and still make your choice to blackmail someone those are not those aren't mute those don't those are not mutually exclusive blackmailing the person afterwards doesn't mean it wasn't traumatic for you that's that's not a that's not a real argument when he was a few months away from his 18th birthday does that belong in this few months away from your 18th birthday like i i understand why one would consider that it's it, you see look matt this is the thing about age of consent laws is it they there have you can't make it not a little bit arbitrary there will be a, an amount of arbitrariness to it like in this scenario like if these were rational people they could have waited two months matt don't let them off the hook for that and it oh he's just this is a ridiculous argument matt I, i'm sorry it the line has to be somewhere okay the line has to be somewhere and it will there be an amount of arbitrariness to it arguably yes because individuals all have mature at different rates but at the same time if you're going to, you got to make the legislation in a way that protects the largest number of people. You can't make an outlier based on the argument that a 16 year old could, that a 16 year old could potentially be mature enough for a relationship with a, with an older person. However, however, the, the reason this argument doesn't work is because if the teenager was mature enough have sex with an adult they could then they should also be mature enough to you know wait two more years before they have sex with an adult see it's the maturity level the maturity level argument doesn't really work you have to there's going to be some arbitrariness to it you can't account for all individualism but the line's got to be somewhere it just has to be somewhere and you this is not a good argument matt you're an idiot same category as a woman or a child who gets pinned down and raped by a sex predator. Um, and then you have... See, the thing here is that he's making a false dichotomy. That all types of trauma are the same or the same level. 
and 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 then why would everything he's he's laying out here makes the argument that oh we should only care about certain levels of trauma certain levels of trauma he's basically making the argument that certain amounts of levels of trauma are, we shouldn't care about we have cases on college campuses where we're told now you know drunk sex is rape is rape that's that's what we're told now uh, because if you're drunk, you can't consent, so drunk sex is automatically rape. So then a woman gets drunk, and this happens all the time on college campuses. I'm sure I'm not scandalizing you by telling you this, but uh, what happens is people go to parties, men and women, and uh, they get drunk, and, and many of the people there, the, the reason why they're doing that is because they want to have sex with somebody, and it's part of the reason why they go to these parties. So then you'll have situations where a woman gets drunk, guy gets drunk, they're both drunk, they have sex, um, they're both eager participants in the moment. And then the next day, the woman wakes up and says that she was raped. Does that belong? Okay. So legally, yes. Yes. Um, you, you could, cons yes, it is a type of rape. And the reason why, and this is going to scare people or frustrate, and I understand why it's confusing. Okay. I understand why this is confusing, especially for older people, be since literally the cultural programming for thousands of years was hey if you want to get laid you better go down to the drinking hole and meet a lady that's why they're at the drinking hole this was culturally fed into us for generations generations upon generations however on a technical level did you know that being inebriated of any kind invalidates all contracts? Meaning that you cannot legally consent to anything when you're drunk. So yes, unless people agreed to the action before they were intoxicated, this is not, then technically you can't say anyone legally consented. I mean, sure, if you're in a long-term relationship, and you're both dry. It, it it is a little murky. It is a little murky, but on a technical legal level, not technically consensual. And also, alcohol and other intoxicants are frequently used by predators. So, where is that one, Matt? You know, with these other cases of of rape. And then you have instances of inappropriate language or conversations in a work environment where a man is accused. Now this is now this is sexual harassment. And like if if he look, I if, I don't think anyone like sexual harassment is still bad. It doesn't matter that it's not the same as sexual assault. It's still bad. Why are we pale, why are we pulling at these hairs? Do you think they're the same laws? Do you think the same laws apply to these different... No. Sexual harassment normally gets you fired. It only just gets you fired. The other things get you sent to jail. So clearly, they're not treated the same way. He's making an argument that is a lie. They're not treated the same way. These are not equal crimes. Do you know what the only thing they can have in common? people not liking you on twitter for them not the same crimes he's he's trying to insinuate that people have made it so these are the same crimes and they're not liar just of hitting on women or trying to initiate relationships 
uh, maybe unsuccessfully, or making rude comments. And all of these also get lumped in. If you fall in love with someone at your workplace, you, it really has to be consensual, you know, man. Like, you can't, you can't go to your work to pick up chicks. That's, it's, you gotta let it happen naturally. You can't, just saying. Thin and are stuffed under the kind of me too umbrella. What you have- Like I've met a good portion of my partners percentile wise doing improv, but I don't go to improv to meet partners. I just happen to gain natural chemistry with a person and then we went out. But I never, you, you can't go into an improv room with the intention of being like, hey, ladies. And, and, then, and then hoping to make a relationship that way. I would be thrilled if my future partner was an improviser. That would be an amazing thing for me to share with my partner. But that doesn't mean that I can go into an improv room looking for a partner. No, that's you can meet people that way, but you got to let it happen naturally. And I feel like the same rule applies to work. This is a... You should... Ugh is a wide variety of cases that, in my view, are wrongly, even dangerously conflated and mixed together and compared. I don't think these things are conflated. Other than the fact that they were both Me Too things. They were things you could say for Me Too. But that still works within the range of Me Too, which is not the law. It's just a Twitter hashtag. What the fuck is wrong with you, Matt Walsh? Paired. Here's the problem, I think. This is where this comes from. Uh, this is where the trouble comes. We have, as a culture, removed all moral boundaries from sex. We have, we have discarded... He is about to take a wild turn with this. ...all notions of sexual morality except for, except for consent. That is the one moral rule that we have that, that that we have maintained when it comes to sex consent is the only moral rule that we still observe um with sex and so when an immoral sexual encounter occurs even if it wasn't rape or assault we have no language with which to describe it Okay, that's, there's a, there's a fucking lot to fucking unpack in that fucking shit he just said. Uh, first of all, uh, in a way, in a way, technically kind of true, but like, here's the thing about that, Matt Walsh, is that this is fucking America, you fucking fascist fuck in fucking america it's about freedom okay which means that in terms of the sexual morality that you were describing also technically technically we still also really hate pedophiles everyone everyone hates pedophiles now to be fair the way we enforce that is tied into our conceptions of consent and the fact that minors cannot consent but it is worth stating that, technically speaking, that one is still in place. Actually, that one is newer. Um, the age of consent laws used to be scary fucking low. 
like creepy fucking low. And then slowly women just kept being like, this is not appropriate. And they would raise the consent. So we finally got to it to 16 and 18 in most places in America now is the age of consent. But it used to be creepy as fuck. Like our founding fathers were gross. Just saying. Still America. Still still love what they brought to us. But come on, guys. You creepy old bastards. Shit, I got distracted by that. What the fuck was I talking about? Oh, right. I think there are many cases where a sexual, where, where there's some sort of sexual. Uh... Oh, right. He, he's, he's, he's essentially, this is a, this is a coded anti-gay thing. Basically, he's trying to imply that we should be as equally upset at gay people as we are at rape, which is fucked encounter oh right oh right i forgot america this is america so of course our number one sexual value is consent because in america we value a goddamn human's autonomy which means if they want to fuck gay they can fuck gay if they want to they want to fuck straight they can fuck straight if they want to fuck a whole range of range of genders and 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 people they can do it as long as everyone involved can consent. Animals can't consent. Children can't consent. Bam. Consent covers it all. Consent is the key is the key sexual morality. It makes it so none of that shit fucks people up as bad. That fucking Walsh. You gross piece of shit i'm just gonna play a little bit more of this i'm not I'm not gonna subject you to this whole goddamn podcast although his podcast is only 20 minutes what a bitch <laughs> sometimes i talk for hours and all we we all instinctively recognize that it that it was immoral that there's something wrong with it but because we've gotten rid of the whole idea of sexual morality we just have no way to, to describe it we don't know what to do with it he's saying it's he's God, is he saying that this is comparing rape to being gay? That's what's happening. And so we take the one sexual moral rule that we still have and we apply it to that situation because it's all we've got. Um, even if it even if it's not appropriate in that case. Because we have checking notes. I think he's checking notes. I'm gonna try and look real close at his sunglasses reflection, see if it looks, it looks like he keeps looking at a camera. No basis for condemning any sexual encounter unless the sexual down. encounter was non-consensual so we end up just calling all of these things non-consensual even if it was consensual even if both people involved chose to do this thing um so no that's like everything he's doing here is just sophistry this is pure on sophistry. He's literally just twisting words around and shit to try and make you think things. It's fucking gross. Like first he's, he wants to conflate ideas with real world situations. So like the problem, the problem is if two people are telling a story where their stories don't conflict, it means either there's a misunderstanding or one of them is lying. That's, that's the thing. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you weren't in the room to witness it also, then you then you are you're making you're making a judgment 
that is not based in reality. And so he wants you to get confused every time you hear about one of these situations so that you instinctively question the story of the person in the role of the victim. Or you know what? Let's use better language. The survivor. He, he is just, he is the one who is actively trying to conflate different types of sexual violence. He is the one doing it. Him. He is the one doing it. In our minds, we have really two categories. There are non-consensual sex, which is bad. And then we have consensual sex, which we think is always good. W what would be wrong with it, Matt? Are you going to tell us what would be wrong with it? That's what we, that's what we've, that's what the culture says. That's what we, a lot of us have. It makes a lot of logical sense. It factors out. Consent sort of covers all the big factors. It, it covers not raping, but it also covers no sex of animals or children. It covers, it covers the spectrum pretty well. Uh, most of us, it seems like that's the idea that we have. It's like, as long as they're consenting adults who choose to do this thing, then it must be okay. But the reality is, that there's a lot of bad sex. There's a lot of immoral sex. There's a What makes it bad and immoral? Define these things for us, please, Matt. Let's take a listen if he does. A lot of disordered, gross, harmful sex that is nonetheless consensual. All of the cases that I mentioned, all the cases I mentioned, um, they're all immoral, bad, gross, harmful but they're not all rape. Some of them were, not all of them. Which ones are you undermining here exactly, Matt? Office sexual harassment? Sure, that's not rape. We'll give you that one. Uh, doesn't mean it's not traumatizing or damaging. Quid pro quo? Quid pro quo. Are you saying that quid pro quo isn't rape? Because some people would say it is. And until we acknowledge that there are other ways to have immoral sexual relations with a person, until we reclaim sexual morality and sexual boundaries, we will be stuck trying to condemn all bad sex on the grounds of consent, which expands the idea of consent so broadly as to render it meaningless. No, it's, it's actually, consent is actually a very simple concept. And you would think, and you know, and this is how you know he's a fascist and not a libertarian, is because a libertarian should at least understand the concept of consent because their entire fucking argument is that they shouldn't have to deal with a government they didn't consent to. So, it, so you know he's a fascist because he doesn't give a fuck if people, if people care about consent because fascists don't want consent. They want uniformity. They want conformity they want you to all be the same and people who are different from the normal have to be excommunicated shut out hurt harassed and more horrifyingly than not let's go see what one of the worst things matt walsh has ever said is this one still somehow shocked me this is a an all ages drag show another one this is in austin texas oh right if I didn't mention this before, Matt Walsh doesn't understand that trans people and drag performers are not the same thing. And that he is also a mass spreader of groomer propaganda, which is entirely designed to distort our society. 
and to create a hate-based platform for Republicans to go after LGBTQ plus people. It's a Christmas-themed drag show, a show that's apparently touring through 18 different states, 36 different shows this month. Um, and I, don't want I can't even show you show, most of the videos the and images. Part. So basically, Matt Walsh has just shown a footage of a supposedly from a drag, uh, supposedly for some type of children's Christmas drag show featuring a drag performer who he says is showing their butt and the censored over their breasts imply they are showing their breasts. Now, because they censored it, not like they have to. The show is on fucking Daily Wire. They are an independent company. They could show whatever they want. Just saying. Wait, is this clip? This is not from YouTube. This clip is clearly not from YouTube. The player is wrong. So I'm just saying they might be distorting the facts there, but I also don't care. In the video, you only see one, ch you see what appears to be possibly a child run up to give the drag performer money. And the reason I don't care so much is that they are clearly a fake ass and tits. Like, like that's vinyl, dude. <laughs> I understand that it represents something incredibly un, something that would not be child appropriate. But the video is out of context, so I'm not going to analyze it. But this is what he followed it up with. This is what he had to say after watching it. 24. I'm not going to vote for you unless you promise me that, like, that sort of scene, that you're going to be sending federal agents into there to arrest every adult in attendance. Every adult in attendance and every adult on stage. Okay? I want... I want I want law enforcement agents running up onto that stage, tackling that piece of garbage, that scum, dragging him off the stage by his feet while he's in handcuffs. That's what I want. I'll vote for any presidential candidate who promises that. What you need to understand here is that we are dealing with, with pure evil. This is pure evil. The people who are doing this are evil. The people that are that are attending it and the people who support it. Every single, I know people don't, they, you don't want to think this way about your fellow Americans, especially if you go online, you see the number of, of just seemingly normal Americans who will defend this. And you think, I, I can't believe that there are so many evil people in this country. There are. And they are evil people. Who we should not want to compromise with, not want to reach an understanding. I don't want to be nice and polite with you, and I'm not going to say, well, we disagree on these issues, but we can still be nice to each other. No, I don't want to be nice to you. I don't want to be around you. I want nothing to do with you. I don't want to share a country with you. I don't want to share a planet with you. That's how much I despise everything you represent. So with this, this is not compromise, okay? All we can do with this is crush it, destroy it. That's what you do with evil. And that's what we have to do with this. That should be our objective. Because this is very plainly the mass sexual abuse of kids happening in plain sight. And they're not sorry. 
and they're not ashamed, and they're not ever going to stop until they're made to stop. By the way, Glad uh, tweeted this. I don't know how that's not illegal. I don't know how that's not stochastic terrorism. And yes, I know that is the buzzword going around, except that stochastic terrorism is a word that means something. You fucking idiots. Matt Walsh is trying to single out the LGBT community. He is trying to make them look like sexual predators. He is trying to conflate trans people with drag performers. He is trying to create, he is trying to connect drag performance with specifically burlesque performance. He is conflating arguments left and right to try and make it look black and white. What he is doing is singling out other Americans, other people in this country, people who were born here, citizens of this country. Some of them are immigrants. And you know what? Immigrants in many ways are some of the realest Americans. Fuck you, Matt Walsh. This is fucking gross. This is fucking gross. You are singling out entire groups of other Americans and you are laying it off the line. You are saying you want the boot of the state to crush other Americans. You are deliberately spreading propaganda to propagate violence. This is straight up stochastic terrorism. What he just said to you, there wasn't a single act of reporting in that. That was 100% a fascist appeal to your emotions. He wants you to see other human beings as evil criminals. He wants you to consider it a positive. When these people are harmed, he is going to lump them all in together and make it acceptable to create prejudice against them. That's what he's saying in there. He doesn't want to share a country with them. And when you don't want to share a country with someone, it means you do one of two things. You throw them out or you kill them. Those are the only things it can imply. Unless Matt Walsh is implying more that he's just a whiny bitch. You know, an impotent little old man on a porch going, this isn't the country I grew up in. I remember. I remember Pepperidge Farm. No. Matt Walsh is fucking gross. And you know what? I'm going to leave you with one last piece of Matt Walsh. So that we can get a good idea of who he is on the inside. Let's do it for real this time. We're back. This video is called Intern versus a Stun Baton. Uh, and we are going to be stunning the intern with this 500,000 watt stun gun uh, donated by Colleen. So we see a very young Matt Walsh in a t-shirt from Hollister. What douche. He is holding a large electrical stun gun. Yeah, we're going to get a close-up on that. We're going to put this up on the uh, the website. Oh, that comes off awesome. Now, internet, and I would never usually suggest that a man expose his uh, buttocks to me, but... Oh, uh, don't go shirtless. Yeah, I'm going to do it right here. Okay, Honestly, go shirtless, go shirtless. Here, well, here's a serious suggestion. Why don't, why don't we seriously shock you in the ass? 
got a lot of padding there, a lot of lot of muscle, a lot of a uh, lot of got a lot of muscle in that ass, boy. <laughs> you don't want me to pull it out. And, uh, yeah, I don't either. I really don't. I think we should just go. I think no. Look, look, look. Go one of the. I don't know much about Matt Walsh's intern, but he's clearly less comfortable with male sexuality than Matt Walsh is. These fleshy areas. Well, the, one. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hear me out. For the comedy of it, and also because that will hurt the least. I think we should shock you in the ass. At least I think we should shock you. No, I don't like that. Intern has a brilliant idea. I do like a shock in you in the ass. So get over here. All right, you're not shock. But that's not acceptable for Matt Walsh. My butt. And I do want you to put the uh, the old hard hat on. Here we go. Oh, he does he not does he not look amazing now? All right, now get over here. Get over here, Skippy. Where are we shocking you in the stomach? Chest. He wants the chest. Shock I... you right in the uh, old neck. Oh wait, no, that's where my heart is. Uh, typically, yeah. Yeah. But like I said earlier, I'll say it again. If electricity stops it, it'll start it right back I'll up. I'll shock you in the stomach. All right? I'll shock you in the stomach. You ready for this? No! No, I am not ready for this! All right, come over by the... Uh, I'm ready. This is not cool. I'm totally ready for this. This is cool. Matt, are you ready? I'm totally ready. I'm totally ready. As long as we're ready, that's all we're ready. That's... So should I, I press it? Hold on a second. Let me just... Whoa! Oh no! <laughs> Hold on, I'm not, I'm not hitting it yet. I'm not hitting it yet. I'm just, I'm not hitting it. But should I put it up against him like this? Um. And do it? Is that how you do it? I think. Yeah, you go like. Okay. I'm, a, I, I think I'm gonna simultaneously. <laughs> oh my gosh! I All thought right. you were my friend. We are. That's why we're doing. This is what a toxic masculinity friendship looks like, by the way. Yeah, this, this is, is for your own good. This is for your own good, intern. I love you so much. I'm hurting you. This hurts you more than it hurts me. Yes, it does. Oh, God, I, I'm tingly with anticipation. One, two, three, go! Ow! Ow! Did it shock you, too? Oh. Wait, I, I only got like half a second. That's all you're supposed to get. <laughs> Let's try it one more time. Did you hear that exchange? I only got it like half a second. That's all you're supposed to get. He's not wrong. It hurts. Do you want me to hold on to you while we do it? That hurts. <laughs> do you want me to hold on to you while we do it? That's not what we're talking. I, I dropped it. I didn't get a good one in. Not in the stomach anymore, because that hurts. All right. We'll, we'll do it in the... Uh... Chesticle. All right. In the chest. All right. This, this time we're going in for the real thing. All right. Here we go. Wait. Just do it in the arm. One, two, three. Go. Hold on. Hold on. Go! Ah! <laughs> he right. said ow without right. even touching him. All right. Ready? Go! That was like, that was like, I saw a spider face. How does it hurt? How bad does it hurt? Describe it. Yeah. It's like being muscle tensed. What? Like being what? Being muscle tensed? I'm not giving you this thing, dude. No. Matt Wallace will not consent to being electrocuted. I'm not even getting into this. Was it good for radio? You want to do it in the butt? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Try it one, once maybe, in the ass. Maybe off the ass. Oh, wait, no, no. Turn around. Ready? <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if we can put this on the blog section. Right. You, got, you got video of this? Yeah, I got video. One, Hold two, on, no, let me zoom in. Let me. No, I don't know if I want to zoom in. Two, three, go. You got a pimply pale ass, bro. Go. Ow, 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 ow. All right, we're done. <laughs>
We're done. That's it. All right. Good radio. You're welcome, Del Marva. You're welcome. Thank you. Ed. Did uh, now was that like like did that give you like the prison clinch? <sighs> I think he's lost his mind because he said it's like. So what you've just heard is Matt Walsh just doing a jackass type prank stunt thing on one of his interns. I don't know if he's an unpaid intern or not, but uh, if I was him, I'd sure want to be fucking paid for that shit. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the Jackass movies. And you might say, Ruben, why are you judging this so hard? You, you, you're okay with the Jackass guys. First of all, I'm not going to tell you, sit here and tell you that the Jackass crew don't have some problematic elements to their masculine bond. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that shit because they definitely do. But what I am going to tell you, though, is that the guys in Jackass are definitely really, definitely come off like they're actually really friends. And the dynamic comes off that way because even though they might not all do the same stunts, they all do stunts. They all take the risks. And some of them are professional stunt people. This is just some poor intern that Matt Walsh technically just sexually harassed for quote-unquote comedy. There's none of the good-naturedness of Jackass. It's just Matt Walsh being himself a fascist bully. He wouldn't dare to let shock himself with it. In fact, he was scared. He was scared enough of the shock that he dropped it the first time. Matt Walsh is a little bitch, is what I'm saying. But Matt Walsh is also a gross fascist. And if anyone's fucking evil, and I mean, I hate to throw, I would never paint an entire group of people as evil. But I would paint the individual known as Matt Walsh as kind of fucking evil. A gross, gross man who doesn't do research, who doesn't know things. In fact, honestly, I don't even know if he really understands how racist and homophobic he is. Or if this is just some type of evil, narcissistic game for him. That he just wants to freak out the libs. You heard that shit he said. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be real with you. The, the video he played beforehand, I thought was pretty cringy if it was, you know, real. I mean, like I said, it was wildly out of context, but it was cringy as fuck. And, you know, not something I would necessarily, not a, not a drag show I would necessarily take my kids to. I would take my kids to a drag story time, though. I would. Many of them are extremely acceptable for children. Because, you know, drag itself is actually a performance art and not just a gross stripper routine, Matt. I'm not going to pretend like everyone in the world or in every community is a good person or that mistakes aren't made. But the honest thing is, is it, I don't care what's in that fucking video. Matt Walsh's response to that video was to completely fear mom. To raise nothing but a red flag of hatred. To express extremely anti-American sentiments towards other Americans. It was gross. It was bad. It was absolutely 
disgusting, fascistic, gross speech that shouldn't be said about anyone. I wouldn't say that about Republicans. Why? Because I don't want you to just go out and start shooting Republicans. That'd be bad. That'd be un-American. <sighs> so what is Matt Walsh? Well, Matt Walsh is a bully, first of all. Matt Walsh is a coward. Matt Walsh is a liar. Matt Walsh is a propagandist. Matt Walsh is a sexist. Matt Walsh is a transphobe. Matt Walsh is a homophobic in general. Matt Walsh is a little bit of a dumb frat boy, to be honest, from you, just from listening to him talk. But I think the shorter way to say all of that is that Matt Walsh is un-American. Matt Walsh is someone actively sowing seeds of dissent across America. So yes, I say that Matt Walsh is un-American. That's what Matt Walsh is. Matt Walsh is a hate monger. Matt Walsh is a gross weirdo. Matt Walsh's philosophies and opinions at first glance, might even seem kind of contradictory, like I pointed out to you. His attitudes towards consent and age of consent laws, not to mention, not to mention the trans community. So what is it Matt Walsh really wants? Well, I'll tell you what Matt Walsh really wants. The only thing that really fits in with his weird ideology, if you look at all the different points that he's trying to make, and that is that Matt Walsh's goal is that he wants things like abortion to go away. And he wants women to not have control of their bodies at any age. Because what Matt Walsh really wants is white babies. Matt Walsh wants to fill America with enough white babies that the white race cannot be eradicated. He is a gross, fucked-in-the-head, racist piece of shit who views women as property used to make new white babies. It's the only thing that makes sense when I look at Matt Walsh and I listen to the things that are coming out of his mouth. That's what he wants. He wants white girls to have white babies as young as possible so they can have as many white babies as possible. He wants every fucking family to look like the goddamn Duggars. And you can't, which is why he has to, has to be opposed to trans people. Because he needs all those white men. He needs all those white trans women who, are, who were born men to keep their penises, to impregnate all the trans men that he doesn't want to let be themselves. He doesn't want people to be gay because gay people can't make babies. They can just adopt babies. And they don't care about that shit. Matt Walsh is what's wrong with America. Thank you for listening. I'm Ruben. You can reach out to my show at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Please, uh, please like, share, subscribe to the podcast. 
however it is that you personally get your podcasts, go to that little place in your podcast selector and do whatever it you gotta do to make the algorithm think I'm cool. All right. Thank you for listening. Remember, Matt Walsh can go fuck himself.